Father, we give you the praise. We thank you for what you've been doing. We thank you even for the healings that have taken place. We thank you for the things you've deposited in our hearts. And we thank you, Father, because you still have much more. The blessings that you give us is packaged, sealed, and delivered through your word. And that's what we are going to hear now. We know you have packaged for us. And for sure, we will not live here the way we came. We give you the praise, faithful Father. Thank you for the understanding mind, for you opened their eyes. So you will open our eyes today. Our eyes of understanding, our hearts will embrace your word. And we shall be willing and obedient. Our profiting shall appear unto all men. Your name shall be glorified and our joy shall be full. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Our theme and also our topic is, uh, but grow in the grace of God. But grow in the grace of God. Shall we all say that? But grow in the grace of God. And our text is from 2 Peter 3.18. 2 Peter 3.18 that says, let's read it together. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. He said, but grow. And we want to know the reason for that word, but. And we want to take a, a couple of scriptures before that verse 18. Uh, from verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Nevertheless, verse 13, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. In which we, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, we that are believers, that have said yes to Jesus, that have put our faith in him, we, our case is different. We look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Remember where we read last Sunday in 1 John chapter 3, 2 and 3 said, but now you are the children of God. And then he went ahead in verse 3 to say, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That's why verse 11 where we read said, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, all these things that we are running around chasing to make ends meet, he said, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? And then we go over to verse 14. Therefore, beloved, that's talking about the believers, looking forward to these things, that's looking forward to that heaven, new heaven, where righteousness dwells. Be diligent to be found by him. One, in peace, in other words, nothing will shake you. Nothing will move you. Because we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. He said, without spots and blameless. Remember, in the spirit, we are exactly like him. But he's talking about in our conduct. 17. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand... That's why we come to Sunday school. We come for Bible study. We belong to our different fellowships. So that's where we get to know and have an understanding of the nitty gritties about this, his coming. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, verse 14, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spots and blameless, 17, you therefore, beloved, since you know this, that is believing that you know it, since you know this beforehand, he said, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. 
I was looking out this towards steadfastness, and it says the quality of being resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering, no matter what is going on out there. Being led away with the error of the wicked. It said, you know, in First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, it says, do not be deceived because evil communication corrupt good manners. So that's why you have to be sure that you don't fall from your own steadfastness. And then verse 18, it said, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. So, you know, this is a love word of encouragement and admonition to the dearly beloved, to those who have accepted Jesus and have joined the beloved group. We are warned in Matthew 24, 24, that there are going to be false Christs and false prophets that will arise and they will show great signs and wonders to deceive if possible, even the elect. So that, in other words, you might think you're Jim, Jim, Jim. They say the way the wave is going is that if possible, even the elect might be deceived. That's Matthew 24, 24. And you know, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. He told us in Hebrews chapter 3, 12 to 14, he said, beware brethren. That is still talking to us, the beloved. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin can deceive people. Can make you little by little before you know it, you get hardened there that if anybody is talking to you again, you think you know what you're doing. So, for we have become partakers of Christ if we do what? If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Amen? Praise the Lord. We know that there's so much wave of sin in our world today. The Bible told us in 1 John 5, 19 that the, the, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The devil is still the god of this age. It's important that we know it. But in our spirit, we are in union with Christ, exactly as pure and righteous as he is. But we have to watch it because the flesh is a problem. The Bible said that those, the devil is still walking, blinding the minds of those who do not believe. That's the 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. He said, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. We are no longer among that group, but we don't want to be dragged down. He said, whose minds the God of this age has blinded? Who do not believe, lest the lights of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. That's why we keep coming, we keep learning, we keep on encouraging each other so that we keep on standing. Uh, it is through the, uh, the patience and comfort of scriptures that we are able to keep on believing. That's what the Bible said in Romans chapter 15 verse 4. It said, for whatever things we are written before, we are written for our learning. That we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Because of all these things happening today, that's why the best place to be is to find your, yourself in a place where the word of God is being shared. And, you know, by growing, we are able to be steadfast and to continue to wait because you, this kingdom is unshakable. Nothing takes it from you, but you want to make sure that you remain you want to make sure you stay put. Uh, we know the scripture that says that, uh, you know, those that wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. That's why coming is so very important. Every day you come, you're, you know, you are renewing your 
understanding of scriptures and you're better able to stand so that you will be able to mount up with wings like eagles regardless of what is happening around you. We have the, you know, the, um, the Holy Spirit of guarantee that assures us that we are children of God that God gave to us when we gave our lives to Christ. The Bible says he's the guarantee of our redemption or until He's the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. That's uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse uh, 14. But you see, he's there. But you see, there is still, he's there in every believer. But the thing is that sin is still pulling. The pull of sin can be terrible. Can you imagine what is going on in our schools today? Imagine what goes on within the army if you happen to be a believer. The pull is so much that it will take you holding on to the word of God, feeding on the word of God for you to be able to withstand the wave of sin going on today. We thank God for the word of God that assures us that um, if you are genuinely born again, that we have an advocate with the Father, that even if you sin, Jesus Christ is right there with the Father interceding on your behalf. So you can always go to him. That's why he encouraged us in, in a, a Hebrew chapter 4, verse 16, that we should go boldly to him to receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. That's what he told us in a, a, a Hebrews 4, verse 16. But we need to guard our hearts so that we'll be able to continue to stand strong. You don't want to wait every day you go and say, Daddy, forgive me. You want to receive that mercy. You stand strong so that you'll be, be an encouragement to your brethren. But if for any reason you happen to sin, we have an advocate. You can always go. The Father understands. No believer just plans to go and commit any sin. No. But if it happens, it has to be a mistake. And that's why the Bible told us in, a, in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. I want to read it. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You have to find yourself among the brethren for you to be able to be getting that kind of encouragement. What if you keep yourself, if the devil tells you, well, you know, you, you are not really a child, you just get out from here, and you get out. You have to keep coming, especially when you miss it. That's where you need to come to church. You need the help of the Father. Refuse any form of condemnation from the accuser. Mama, in the Hebrew class, we are singing that to, for us today. There is therefore now no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus did not come to condemn us, but that we through him might be saved. So it is important that we constantly remind ourselves, especially when the accuser comes, when you know that you've made up, you've already repented, but the devil comes and chipping on your shoulder and saying, you see now, you're not a Christian. You, you're a hypocrite. You're this. You have to be able to know that he's an accuser of the brethren. Don't take any accusation from him. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit convicts us of righteousness. He's not convicting us of sin because we are now believers. John chapter 16 verse 9 says, he convicts the world of sin because they do not believe. But you have believed. So he's not convicting you of sin. Your conscience does a good job of that. And especially when you're, caught, when you're feeding on the word of God, you'll be able to know it when you did something wrong, to be able to repent and then uh, make amends. Then verse 10 says, of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. Because you don't see Jesus face to face. Sometimes when you blow it, you're wondering, the devil can really weigh you down and get, make you to just get out and stop fellowshipping. Remember that the Holy Spirit is there to convict you of righteousness. In other words, righteousness that you receive is a gift. You are still in right standing with the Father, even when you miss it. But that is not a license for you to continue. You should just know better because, you know, 
Sin kind of uh, gives the devil an opportunity to come and mess up with you, and you don't want to give him that room. So you quickly make amends and know that the Father has forgiven you. And the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He also, the Holy Spirit also convicts us of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. There's no more judgment for you. You are not being judged for anything because the wrath of God was satisfied in Christ Jesus. Jesus did a thorough work of that. If you remember the, the Corinthian church, when they messed up, what Paul was doing was according to the gospel of grace, to remind them of their righteous identity with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not an encouragement for you to continue to sin, but just to encourage you to look unto Jesus who paid it fully for you. He fully paid for all your sins, past, present, and future. And then you see the, that already your, the punishment for your sins were exerted you know, on him, from him on the cross. And that will help you to live, you know, victoriously and gloriously for him. Like uh, our, our head of ministry for Sunday school was saying that sin, you know, it doesn't appeal to you anymore because you'll be, she, he's been growing. And that's what happens to you as you keep on growing. And even when you blow it, as you keep on growing, we have an advocate with the Father. So it is important for us to really grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That will help us to stop being sin conscious. You know, sin consciousness is like you saying that what Jesus did was not enough. I have to kind of do penance or do your own thing. Maybe you show some remorse or whatever it is. No, Jesus paid fully and the Father is satisfied with what Jesus did. And you know, sin consciousness makes you also, you, you think that the father is not satisfied. The father is angry with you. He's, really, he's holding a, a stick, wanting to beat you. Or when sickness shows up, you say, ah, maybe because of this thing that I did. No, it's not that. That is the accuser of the brethren. You must understand that the wrath of God was satisfied in Christ Jesus. Also, sin consciousness makes us, you know, you know it, it, it makes you to sin the more. The more you focus on sin, the more you sin. Because what you focus on magnifies. It, it makes you feel condemned all the time. And it can lead to sickness or depression, discouragement, and all that. And you find out that there's that circle of sin that keeps going on in your life. If it is not this kind of sin, it is this kind of sin or that kind of sin. That's why you must run to Jesus and believe that what he did was perfectly done and that it satisfied the Father. You see, and when you are that sin conscious, you know, you know, in the eyes of God, that's what the, the, the Bible describes as an evil conscience. Evil conscience. That's a, you're always conscious of sin, failure, condemnation, and all that, all that. And it's, it's really a defeat on you because you find out that you, you don't have the boldness to even go before the Father. And then you even become judgmental of, the, of others. Because you think everybody is like you. And the Bible said that we don't look at people the way they are anymore for those who are really, really in Christ. In Christ Jesus, our conscience has been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. That's what the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 2. It said, the Bible said that worshippers once purified will have had no more consciousness of sin. So it is important that we desire to live in righteousness, consciousness. Have that good conscience that Jesus' blood was shed on your behalf. Hebrews chapter 10, 21, 23 says, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. In full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith as you keep on fellowshipping with the word of God, you begin to develop that full assurance that really what Jesus did was correct. He said, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What is the pure water? The word of God. He said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises his word is faithful. What he said is correct. And he does what he said. We are warned in 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 to 17. He said, therefore, get up, 
G-I-R-D. And I looked up that word get up. It said, prepare oneself for something difficult or challenging. Because sin is a challenge to many people. It said, guard up the loins of your mind. Because the battlefield is your mind. Say, be sober. And rest your whole fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's been revealed to you and you have met him, the Lord, over your life. And verse 14 says, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. Not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. Hosea 4 says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. They are destroyed because they don't know me. The only way you know him is by fellowshipping with the word of God. He says, since your prince refused to know me because we are priests and kings unto God, when you're not giving yourself wholly to the word of God, giving time to study the word, to know Jesus, to understand the grace of God given to you, the unmerited, undeserved favor, so that you will live in victory all the time, then you find yourself experiencing what a priest of God is not supposed to be experiencing. You don't want that kind of thing. You want to enjoy your rights and privileges as a priest and king unto God. And that's why, like the song they sang this morning, James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. He's already in you, but he wants you to give him attention. Give him the attention that he deserves. He said, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And the Bible said in 1 John 2, 15, if anyone loves the world, that person does not understand the love that the Father has for him or her. That's simply the reason why. The person is still eating from garbage. Verse 17 says, and if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, he said, let's read it together, conduct yourselves, how? Throughout the time of your stay, in fear, conduct yourself. As long as you are still breathing, he wants you to conduct yourself in fear. That's reverential and worshipful fear of God. In other words, live soberly in this life. Don't just live anyhow. The grace of God remains our teacher until we are called home. Titus 2, 15, 12 to 15 says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. So there is no excuse. Nobody will say, I have not heard about Jesus. If you've not heard about him, get your Bible. Because he is the one that you have made the Lord over your life. And this, his grace teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should live soberly. In other words, in a serious, sensible, and solemn manner. You don't just live anyhow as a child of God. Righteously and godly in the present age in which we find ourselves looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you live like someone who is expecting his master to return, you live like someone who understands that this world is not your own. You live like someone who understands that I am a citizen of heaven. I'm just here temporarily waiting for my master to come and get me home. 14 says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. What he purified you from, you don't want to get back there. And it is by the word of God, the water of the world cleanses you like my, the Hebrew class told us. The word of God is what keeps you, what teaches you, what corrects you, what guides you. No wonder Paul in Acts chapter 20 verse 32 said, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to what? The word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Sanctified in the spirit, in union with Christ. But the word of God is what will keep you the rest of your journey here. 
as you, we keep looking forward to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why, you know, I love this scripture in John chapter, you know, 3 verse 30 that says, I must increase. So he must increase, but I must decrease. That's talking about the flesh has to get off so that the, that jewel in me will keep on showing up because it is this flesh that drags a lot of people into all manner of things. The, when we came back from Israel, I just, it, it, I had a, you know, I got more inspired than ever before to live for him. I got more inspired. And you know, this scripture ministered to me and I just pondered upon it in 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 to 3. It says, let's read it together. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That, I want everybody to read it, verse 2 now. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the loss of men, but for the will of God. Verse 3. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Let's have that resolution for the rest of my life. Longest, so long as there's any breath, it's all for Jesus. It's all for him. It's all for him. Jesus said in Luke 9, 23, that if anyone desires to come after me, he said, let him deny himself and take up his cross and do what? They say it's daily. It's not even just to say, take up your cross daily and follow him. Daily. It's a daily thing. If you're born again, it's a daily walk with him. A daily walk with him. And, uh, you know, he, he keeps you because he knows he's the only one that can keep you. Hebrews 13, 20, 21 says, uh, I want to focus on verse 21. Okay, let me read from verse 20. It says, Now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, let's read verse 21, make you complete in every good work to do his will, walking in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. So you see, the God of peace who brought up our Lord, see, is the one that will make you complete. But how is he going to do that? It's via his word. That's why he said, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Exactly what he told the husbands with regards to the wives. He said to the husbands in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the blood. It is still with the washing of the water of the word of God that he will make you complete. But you have to avail yourself of the opportunity of learning at his feet, studying the word of God, being at the Sunday school, being at a home fellowship, uh, the men and women's meeting, as much as lied with you. Make time for a lot of these things. That will really help you, especially in the world in which we are today. See, becoming or having this character of Christ manifest through us is something that the Holy Spirit helps us to do. He told us also in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 21, 22, he said, Now he who establishes us, he who, so you don't establish yourself, so it's not in your own strength. He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is who? Is who? Is God. He who establishes you so that you don't begin to think, how am I going to do this? No. He said, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee? And again, through your union with the Holy Spirit, he says in verse 13 of Philippians 2, 
He said, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. It is him through your union with the Holy Spirit. And one beautiful thing is that this is going to continue up until the time Jesus comes to get us. He assured us that in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And he says, And I am convinced, let's read it together. And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return. Hooray! You see? That's a beautiful promise there. But you have to, you don't have to absent yourself from the class. You have to spend time with the word because it is by the word of God that he will keep on doing that. And you know, I, my prayer is that God will help us to continue to desire and also to give time and attention to this growth that is absolutely inevitable. You can imagine what meant God to give, give to the church, to help, to equip us the saints in Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 14. Because he desires us, according to verse 14, that to, for us to be equipped so that, he said, verse 13 said, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to who a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He gave gifts to the church for that. He doesn't want us to remain children that are tossed about with every wind of doctrine. So that's why you have to really avail yourself of every opportunity. God already knew those who will somewhere in their lives give their lives to Jesus. And his desire is that they will be conformed to the image of his son Jesus. But it has to be through his word. This is talking about the sons of the light. And we are the sons of the light. Those of us who have met, uh, met Jesus, the Lord of our lives. Let's look at 1 uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, I'm reading from verse 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. He will come as a thief, but not for the sons of the day. Not for the sons of light. It's only for those who are not prepared. You don't want to be like the foolish uh, women that were not ready when the master, their master showed up. Verse 3. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. So it's not going to come upon you as a thief. It's not referring to you. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. No, it's not for you. You are, verse 5, let's read it together, verse 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not the night nor of darkness. Verse 56. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. You see again, the grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldliness and so that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Then looking, verse 430, said, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, but let us who are of the day. How many of us are of the day? Say amen. amen. That's talking to believers. So, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath. Remember, the wrath of God was satisfied for the believers. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whatever, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Amen? 
So long as you walk with him, he is, the Bible, Jesus said that so long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But now he went to be with the Father and he came and is living with us. So we are now the light. So, so long as you're walking with him, the light, by the word. First John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that is allowing the word of God to constrain your life, to be the boundaries between you live, within which you live your life, he said, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ is on those words. Cleanses us. It's a continuous something. It's not cleansed us. Cleanses us from all unrighteousness, whether omission or whatever it is. That blood will keep on cleansing you because you're walking. You say, oh, my dear. Oh, daddy, I didn't, I'm so sorry. I, I thought I'm supposed to go this route. Then it's a cost correction. Is a cause correction. Amen? So, being that we are the light today, because the light lives in us, it's important that we keep on following the word to remain in the light. I don't want to be in the group that is saying, woe, woe unto. You know, say woe means a great sorrow or distress. You know, Isaiah 5.20 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for, for bitter. It's, it's all over the world, in our world today. It's all over. We don't want to be part of that. And 1 Corinthians 2, 12 to 14 says, we the believers, we have received. What did we receive? Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You can never be in ignorance when you have the Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Verse 13 says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Except by the natural man, the unbeliever does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. You can't be in the light and you are not receiving the things of the Spirit of God. You have to check, do I really, have I really received the Spirit of Christ? Whereby I'm able to know the things that are freely given to me because it's by Him that you'll be able to understand the Scriptures when you're studying the Word of God. And it's in understanding Him the, the, the righteousness, the Bible said, in righteousness you shall be established and you shall be far from the oppression. It's those who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. That's how you reign. That's why this growth is very, very important. It's very key. You know, we have to prioritize the word of God. You know, when they came to Jesus and said, your, your, your mother and your brethren are looking for you, what did he tell them? My mother and my brethren, they are these ones that are seated and listening to my, the, my word and doing it. Not just listening, but they are doing it. You know, he, he said that, uh, you know, in, in Psalm 1, he said, blessed is the man. I want to be among the blessed side, not the, the worst side. He said, blessed is the man that, um, he said, uh, uh, sorry, let me read it again. So I wanted to you know, say this one first before I go to Sam. Um, a, a woman, when Jesus was addressing a crowd, said, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which you nurse. That's uh, Luke chapter 11, 27 and 28. But what did Jesus say to him? Ah, she said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So blessing is on the side of hearing the word and keeping it. It's up to you. You can choose to be carnal or you can choose to be spiritual. But I would rather be spiritual because carnal-mindedness is equal to death. That is focusing always on the carnal. You're not spending quality time to get to know who you are in Christ and who your Lord is and about this grace and truth that came to us in the passing of Jesus. But when you are spiritually minded, word-minded, Focusing on the things of God. It doesn't mean that you won't do other things. Yes, you will do, but in all of it, your heart is stayed on him. You find out that you will have life and peace. That's what the Bible said in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. 
I remember the centurion that just said to Jesus, but speak the word only. This man didn't even know God. He said, but speak the word only. Because he understood the authority that is embedded in the word of God. So when you prioritize on the word of God, you find out that you'll be fully persuaded in whatever the word says so that you'll be able to stand your ground. If you ever get to hear or study that the Bible said this, you will stand by it. You will stick your neck and you will get your miracle. Amen? Then you will leave out the song that says, uh, your word is enough for me. Say, your word is enough for me. You don't care. You don't go by what you feel or what you say. You go by what the word said. You don't want to have a Thomas kind of faith that wants to see and wants to feel or wants to touch. You know, you want to go by what the word said. The Bible already told us in the book of James that a double-minded person is unstable and cannot receive anything from God. Not that God hasn't given. God has given. But he can't get it because he has to, he has to get it by faith. So, studying the word of God, fellowshipping, coming to Sunday school, understanding the basic things about your faith, you will be grounded to be able to have the real deal, the faith that moves mountain, the faith with which to receive. You see, belief is a choice, unbelief is a choice. You can make your choice. Thomas said, I will not believe unless I see, which means it's possible for you to choose not to believe. So, but fellowshipping with the word of God will help you to be fully persuaded so that you can go into the word of God so that even if you're having unbelief or doubt, the word of God will convince you that this is for real and then you will stand your ground and get what you need because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the Bible even told us in Romans chapter 12 verse 2, you see, get transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? By the word of God. So when you keep yourself away from the word of God, you, keep your, you distance yourself from a lot of things that you're supposed to be enjoying, which are yours. And you find out that uh, any little thing will triple you. The Bible said in the, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, he said, and all of you, as with unveiled face, unveiled face because you now have Jesus, you have received the spirit of Christ, whereby you are able to know the things that are freely given to you. So all of you, as with unveiled face, because we continued, the word continued, to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Like I checked out myself over the mirror this morning. It doesn't mean there's any spot and I carry it out. It means that I, I didn't really see it, or maybe I didn't attend to, I didn't do something about it. As in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are what? Constantly, everybody say constantly. This is the infallible word of God. God is faithful to his promises. Are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever, in, in ever increasing splendor. Hallelujah. And from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. I mean, what else will he tell you? God wants you flourishing. He wants you. He told Thomas, he said, because you have seen me, you have believed. In John 20, 29, he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have done what? Have believed. And that's why he said in that uh, Psalm 1, he said, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. But what does this person do? He said, verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates how long? Day and night. You can be walking and you're meditating on the word of God. I do that a lot, even while I'm at, at my job. Thank God my job is I face my cubicle and I'm doing my thing. But what is rolling on, on my mind could be the word of God or could be praying in the spirit. Or if I need to switch to do, to think about process something I'm doing, I do, I get to do it. Jesus himself said, in Luke chapter 6, 47 to 49, he said, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he is like. Verse 48. He is like who? A man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. What is the rock? Jesus Christ, the word of God. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house. 
and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. That's who I want to be. Building on a solid rock, the word of God. The word of God is God, the word of God is Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 1. Time will tell what you have been deposited in your life, what you've been depositing in your life. You know, you can't, you can't uh, cover a pregnant woman. You see, say she didn't eat. With time, the stomach will shoot out. So with time, we'll get to know what you have been building your life with. The option is yours. Is it that you're building by the word of God or you're building using other things? But the more you give your time and attention to the word of God, the more the fruit of righteousness will be showing forth through your life. Mark chapter 4, 24, 25 says, let's read it together. Then he said to them, pay attention to what you hear by your own standard of measurement. That is, to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, it will be measured to you and you will be given even greater ability to respond and more will be given to you besides. 25. For whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given and whoever does not have a yearning for truth, even what he has will be taken away from him. I remember the young man that was sharing from membership and was saying, I was never coming, I had so many excuses. But those people coming from far places began to challenge me. And some of them even with their children. And they would drag them and they would come early here to hear the word of God for during the Sunday school and the rest of the service. He said, I began to come. He began to come. He began to come. Purpose in your heart to begin to also come. And your life will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said to Martha, one thing is needful. Martha welcomed Jesus into his house, into her house in Luke 10, 38 to 40. But the thing is that it was her younger sister that went and sat at the feet of Jesus. And the Bible described her in verse 39. He said, she has a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. Continually. Mark that word continually. So it's not a one-time thing. He said, but Martha was busy, very busy and distracted. You can be busy serving the Lord. There are so many, you know, work activities in this church. That is not to say that you're giving attention. It's, I'm talking about a personal communion with him, personal relationship, personal growth for yourself. Church activity is good because we love God, we want to serve, we want to help others. But make sure you are spending time with the world for yourself. Verse 4 says, but the Lord replied to, uh, to her when he complained about the, the sister not helping her. He said, matter, matter, verse 41. You are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. He said, but one, only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good path, that which is to her advantage. Why don't you choose that which is to your own advantage? Staying continually to study, to fellowship, to grow. It's a which will not be taken away from her. You know why it will not be taken away from her? You are the sole beneficiary of any revelation that you receive. It benefits you. When the challenges of life shows up, you are able to start. Remember when they told me that I cannot have children? It was what I learned because my mom was always bringing us up early in the morning, late in the night, we study the word of God, and she was always starting with chineken nankepri mihenile. So when the challenge came, I said, well, God, I was told that is the God before whom all things are possible. And I stood by that word, and God showed up because he's ever faithful. So he, she didn't cram it. Revelation takes time. It's a process. That's why the, the word said continually. She stood listening. She sat listening. God has promised to keep us in perfect peace if our minds are stayed on him. How will your mind stay on him? It's staying on the word of God. Whatever the word of God says, you stay on the word. I remember the, I think it was on the 28th. That was a Thursday. This Thursday, 
I went to work and they assigned me to do something that was not really, you know, this was now processing, different from screening, you know, cases. And when I got in there, I couldn't batch this first case. I tried and tried, it was difficult. And then I realized that the, the error that I was having, I had to see my supervisor and say, okay, put in a ticket for, for them to make a correction. So I put in a ticket. The next thing I had was someone sent me in a, a text and said, may I have the permission to walk into your computer? I just said, okay. And I sat down there for almost 12 minutes. This man took over my computer and just got things corrected. And while I was sitting there, there the Lord spoke to me and said, you see, that's why I said, rest, and I will walk in your life. I said, oh my goodness. I jumped out with joy. I shared it with two people. I said, my next neighbor, and then my supervisor, I said, see, God wants to walk in our life, but we have to rest by waiting patiently for him, and he's faithful, and he will work out what is good for us. What if I had, and from time to time, they would say login, which means, are you still believing? And they did that three different times. Login, I will put in my login, you know, my password, which means, are you still standing in faith? I said, that's all it takes, and God will keep on working. Don't allow this world to get you too busy and remove you from being human being that God made, being there for God, and make you human doing. And the, world, the devil will even help you and keep you more and more busy. The father already knew what you need. But he told us in Matthew chapter 6, 31 to 33. Let's read it together. Matthew 6, 31 to 33. Ready, go. Therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted, saying, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but do not worry, for your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Then verse 33, that's our key. But first and most importantly, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. But do we even understand that this is the infallible word of God? He said, I know the things you need. Don't go about pursuing these things to the detriment of my relationship with you. Prioritize. He said, but first and most importantly... These are what the Gentiles are doing, those who don't know God. You know me. I'm your father. I'm your source. Just prioritize your relationship with me. I had this quote from one, one time I was listening to television, but I forgot the, the preacher that I was listening to. But he says that the, the name of the, the, of the quote is, uh, the author of the quote is uh, Peter Drucker. And he said, there is nothing as useless as doing what should not be done at all very efficiently. He said, that is foolishness. You are doing what should not be done at all, and you're doing it very efficiently. And you set aside the thing that should be done very efficiently, that will benefit you. He said, that is foolishness. Since then, since I got that quote, I've been asking God, please help me to know any work, that a dead work, that I should do away with in my life. It is by the word of God that we become partakers of the divine nature. It's by his word. So that when things happen, you can say, it is written. You'll be able to stand on the word of God. You will not be shaken. You will not be confused. There is no child of God that should be confused at all. Like they said here on the stage, my sheep, they hear my voice. The word of God is the voice of the Father to you. You know, he wants your joy to be full. And no wonder Jeremiah said in verse 16 of, in a, of a chapter 15, he said, your words we are found, and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I'm called by your name, O Lord God of all. You too, you are called by his name. Your word, his word should be the joy and rejoicing of your heart. Jesus came here and he pursued the Father's desire. He stuck closely with the Father. And he had 100% success. 
That's why how we too should do, abiding in him, abiding by his word, allowing his word to guide us, allowing his word to direct us, and his word, he promised he will guide us because he's faithful. He is faithful that promise. Amen? So, in conclusion, let us not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Let us come out from among them and know we are called for a set-apart life. We are called for a set-apart life. Let us stop limiting God. Let us remove everything that comes between us and God, between us and fellowshipping with the word of God. Let us give him the time and attention that is, he, he deserves. I want us, you know, he said we should shut off, remove anything that comes between us and him because he's a jealous God. He loves us so intensely and he doesn't want anything coming between us and him. So Paul encouraged his son Timothy. He said, till I come, he said, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. He said, meditate on these things. That's 1 Timothy 4, 13, 15. He said, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your profiting may appear unto all men. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. If he assured us that when we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. It's absolutely true, and we saw it demonstrated here. But let us be fully persuaded as we keep on fellowshipping with the word of God. You know, he's even assured us that the greater work than he did, we should do. But how does it happen if you are not intimate with what the word said and you are not persuaded? That's how, and you know, you need to also be sure that what you're speaking is in line with what he said. Lamentation chapter 337 says, who is he who speaks and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded and authorized it? So that's why we need to know what the word said. And I want us to look here Paul's heart. And I want that to be our heart this morning as we go into prayer. In, in a Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I want us to read it together and then we will pray. Shall we have that on the screen, please? Philippians 3:10. Ready, go. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. Let's read it together. Let's start again. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power of flowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his suffering so as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death in the hope. Amen? The suffering is not talking about sickness. It's talking about when you have to deny the flesh so that you do the will of God. And he said in 1 Corinthians 2, 2 and 5, let's read that together too, just verse 2. For, let's read it together, ready, go. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Let's say it together. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. He is, he is all that matters. He is our all in all. Shall we all rise up? And I want you to pray. You know, this is what Paul said, and this should be our heart desire. You know how your work with him is. You know how your fellowshipping with the word of God is. But one thing is needful, giving time and attention to the word of God. I want you to begin to pray. Begin to pray. The word of God cleanses us. But you have to get it in. 
The Holy Spirit is there to help you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our gracious Heavenly Father, your word has gone out. Father, we shall be willing and obedient. We thank you. It's a different ball game from today onwards. We will prioritize your word. We will grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to him be all the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen.